Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we stay COVID safe and discuss the game against the Wanderers. We catch up with Mariners defender Ruan Tongyi. We look ahead to our clash with Sydney FC and we answer some of your questions. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Luke and Morrow. Lads, lads. Gentlemen. How do we know? Moz, you hello, live. You hello, live. hello. I'm back. Where, where? What's, what's happening? It feels like it's been a lifetime. It's been a minute. Oh up. yeah. <laughs> the people miss you. The people are demanding to have your opinion heard. Needs more Moz. Who? Um, I didn't see any of them. But anyway, I think your wife messaged into yeah, the yeah, podcast page and she was like, "Where's Aaron?" I was yeah, like, "I don't know." Yeah, that, <laughs> he said he was with you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it. No, I have been um, uh, working hard was the main thing, but I've also been sucking at home with that knee that I probably had the, a long time ago when we did last year's pods. But uh, mm. I'm on the right side of the operation now, so fingers crossed I'll be uh, mobile and back in here a bit more regularly than the last two pods. Serves me right. No winning pods for me. We have definitely no. missed your sultry tones massaging our ear holes, though. That's uh, that's for sure. I thought it was just the BS I talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly that. <laughs> I think that's what the fans like, BS. <laughs> it's a no BS pod. And speaking of no BS, here's a man who knows all about that. It's uh, Fred's question. So, was Tuesday night's game against the Wanderers just a blip in the overall plan? Or was Stadge outcoached with his poor subs? Mm, it's an interesting one, Luke. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> for me, for me, for me, it's a blip. I'm. I think the positive thing from that result on Tuesday night is reading a lot of the comments around from Mariners fans uh, on the Facebook page, on Twitter, and Instagram, and all that sort of stuff. Is a lot of the positivity there that we've seen in the first couple of games definitely carried over into that game um and yeah it just didn't go our way i think i think on another night we at least scrape a point out of that or we get all three points it was um unfortunate how it played out in the end um but definitely a blip on the radar and i'm not too cut up about it yeah i think i think um although although i am very i am frustrated but not too good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different frustrated than perhaps in the past. I mm. I definitely think it was a, a blip because I thought our performance was really good and uh, and when I say really good, then I don't mean, you know, we, we looked the part and we played some football and we made some chances and all of that. I felt like our team represented us the way that we wanted to be represented. We want that desperation. We want that passion. We want that, you know, there's maybe a fine line and we got pretty close to it in this game. But at the same time, that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, wins over fans if there's that level of of, um, of passion and desperation there. So, you know, I think really what happened was our subs crueled us. I was trying to um, blame, you know, if anyone stage a little bit for the choices and things there, but someone planted the seed, actually someone sitting very close to me planted the seed that it could just be about depth and, you know, where we're at in terms of our, you know, preparation in the year and all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, I'm just going to say that I think that we were, if we could have maintained what we had until those subs were made, I think we had a really good chance. And also, and I've said it in here to these boys, I think, if um, Nears puts that one under the bar, we win the game. I was losing my mind. Oh, at Nears, like at Nears as a whole, because I just I I'm so happy for the kid, um, and he's not really a 
kidney more, but uh, in the context of an A league career, he definitely is, and a footballing career. I'm, well, he still, still is a kid, really. He's, he's only he, twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's at the absolute perfect age to be coming in um, and to be dominating, and that's all he's done the first three games. I just, I, I said this the other day on Twitter. I don't want to be that person, but and us three are probably the same. We're, we've watched him play since the day he got here into in the academy, and. From day one, he impressed me. Yeah. And I don't want to be the person that was like, oh, I knew who was going to make... But watching him play, it was he is going to be probably the main one to make, make the step up from the squad, from the academy squad in the last few years. He was always the one. And he's, he's made the step up so easily. And so smoothly. It just looks mm. like he's natural for that, you know. And, and, uh, and each level that seems to have presented itself, you know, having a crack, getting his small cameo role. And when he got that, then he, he took that well. And now that he's become a more key member of the team, he's taken that really well. And it was an absolute critical part of what was good about us on Tuesday night. Um, and now it's hard to imagine how we could be, have as much impetus as we had in this game without his contribution. Um, and uh, yeah, he's exciting to watch. I think he's definitely put himself in the in the frame as, as probably one of, if not the key player, one of the first names on the team sheet each week now. And he's sort of shown his versatility too, because we know him or have known him um, as someone to play more centrally over the years. Straight DM, um, really. Whereas this year we've seen him deployed out wide, um, sort of floating between both wings. Um, and he's really impressed me out there. Yeah, I, I think the youth league is an absolute waste of time, whether it's a eight-game season or whatever it used to be. Yeah. And I, I think this is the positive thing. Ideally, we'd all like the, the leagues lined up and all that sort of stuff, but this is the good thing about having these guys play against men from when they're 16 or 17, which is that's, that's exactly what he's had to do. Yeah. And although the skill gap from MPL2 to A-League is quite large, he's coming to the A-League playing against men and that's all he's had to do the last three or four years. So even for someone who's small in size, he's thrown his weight around, the weight that he has, and it's working well. He's, he's getting stuck into tackles, he's winning the ball back, he's definitely not backing out um, of any sort of a challenge and... I think that's he's yeah he's the ideal example of someone making this step up from the academy and handling it well. And you were right the first time. He is a kid, and I can say that because he's at least several years younger than either of my kids. And uh, when, as I always have said in the past, that the for kids like him, it's the hardest thing is to establish that consistency. But how consistent has he been so far this year? Mm. He just looks like that's the, the the same delivery each week. All three of those performances have been fantastic performances in fact you might say that he's grown in each one of them yeah i'd agree um to be uh, i don't know who came up with the man of the match in this match but it wasn't the person who was suggested it might have even been him well i can tell you that uh nizzy did take home over 50 percent of the vote in the uh fans player of the match this week um followed behind uh the next closest was danny de silva who was excellent. Who is someone I want to talk about now because he finished the game with, I think it was 92% passing accuracy, which is probably about as good as you get in the A-League, as was pointed out to me by uh, Mick Komet. He was successful in, I think, over 50% of his duels, um, and he was just electric out wide the entire game. He has gone up another level this season. He has, and uh, 
we do make the joke, but it is contract season. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, it is. And, but, I mean, he's he's at the stage he, he, he needs to prove himself this season or it's it's you know for for someone that burst onto the scene like he did when he was so young to play the way he did you know do the whole move get signed by Roma do all that sort of stuff and then I think I mean I hope he would be the first person to admit that he sort of fell pretty far backwards mm. um, he, he needs to prove himself this season but he looks like he's really enjoying that now, and he and he was really focused in this game and in these games, and uh, got rewarded with the goal last week, and it was a great goal. Mm. And uh, one of the things I heard in the commentary when watching the replay was uh, that they were suggesting he wasn't taking that extra touch or those extra couple of touches in that time that that is involved in taking those touches. He was backing himself seemingly and making those balls quickly, and and uh, that really shows in how much effect he has as opposed to uh, it was often frustrating when he seemed to slow things down at moments when we wanted to speed things up so yeah yeah kudos to him so i've actually done him a bit of a disservice it was 94 percent passing accuracy yeah. from danny de silva um four shot assists as well in the mix there and he won uh two-thirds of his take-ons as well so not bad pretty good stats very, very good. good and i mean i think most of the boys would have had pretty good stats for the whole night just the stat that we needed was the ball to hit the back of the net mm. uh, and it didn't and I mean I think the first 60 minutes we were good mm. um, there was one period there I, I haven't had the chance to watch the replay so it's not not exactly embedded in my head but there was one period there where we did some beautiful one touch football pretty much half out the pitch which led straight to a chance and I nearly sat there thinking what team am I watching <laughs> I haven't seen this in like six years. Like if, if we can pull more of that off and be more consistent with it, then that's why I think this is only really a blip because we showed even even though, you know, I thought the Wanderers weren't very good that first half. I thought we defended really well again. We kept them quiet. We defended from the front again. Um, they They had nothing. And in the end, it was the subs that made the difference. It was. No no um, accident that that little piece of play involved both the two players we've just been talking about and pretty sure uh, did, that, yeah. that was an incisive straight ball. It's coming back to me now. Yeah, from uh, De Silva one, to Nisbet. one, two on the edge of the box. Who yep. just yep. misses out on picking the ball up in front of the keeper, um, but probably because he didn't anticipate the sheer quality of the ball he was about to get and just hesitated momentarily enough for Magush to get an opportunity at the ball before him and he was close to getting there, so... Yeah, they were fantastic. Definitely um, felt hard done by not getting at least a point in that game, in spite of the fact that we only had a third of the possession um, yeah, at the end of the day. I looked at looked at the possession stats earlier, and I thought that's, that didn't feel like that on the night, but mm. maybe it's that last half an hour where we really started to sit way too deep for me, and it was pretty clear that we needed... when we When we made the subs, we needed... Smiley or Bowman to sit higher up, but instead they were sitting right in our own half next to each other. Mm. Whereas in the first sort of in the first sort of sixty minutes, we were defending from the front. You have Matty Simon and Kowal on halfway. Mm-hmm. It killed us. You got the stats there, Pete, because if I remember rightly, reading the stats, then yes, we uh, lost the possession stat, but the field position stat we won by about the margin that we lost the possession stat. Am I wrong? Yep, you're pretty much spot on there. Not just that, but the attempts on goal as well. We had 14 shots uh, against the Wanderers seven, 
Yeah. Um, Wanderers only had two shots on target in the entire game. Um, but again, the stat that matter, the stat that matters, I should say, finish one nil. And I think you know they've they've obviously got players that are born natural clinical finishers. Players like Nikolai Muller, who got the winner. Um, and let's have a bit of a chat about that as well, because there was something that really, really, really disappointed me in the lead up to that one. I think you guys probably know what it is. Initials LM. Yeah. Look, we have been probably one of Lewis or some of Lewis Miller's biggest fans over the years. Very similar to Nids. We've we've watched him play for the academy countless number uh, of times and been impressed by him. But just um, a couple of errors in the last couple of games that have sort of crept in and, and one of them's led to a goal on this occasion. Yeah, that 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 telling was he on the pitch twenty minutes. About something that, like that roughly. Yeah. It's probably the worst I've seen him play. And if we're fair, and uh, well, maybe I'm wrong, but in, in my view, watching the previous game, pretty much, uh, pretty sure Lewis came on in that game too. And it, mm-hmm. and while he didn't have that impact, that negative impact, then there was a bit of shakiness there that seemed a concern. And that then was played out again in, in his substitution this time. And uh, as I said to you guys earlier, he I was not the first person to jump on his bandwagon last year, but I had to swallow that and uh, admit in the, one of the later pods that actually he had surpassed what my expectations and made me, made me eat my words, basically. So fair play to him. But yeah, I think the trick for him now is he's got to, you know, develop that consistency that he can put in those good performances that he was last year. Um, and uh, so let's hope we can, uh, you know, push him along to, to get there. And and this this is a completely uh, guess, really, from my point of view, but he, he has now has got pretty good competition for his spot. Yep. Yep. So well, well Stefan sort of stepped up and it yeah. has staked a claim to be the first choice right back there. Yeah. So is it like, you know, I'm not – I have no idea, but is he – not too thrilled that maybe he thought he had that starting spot lined up until we signed him. I'm not sure, but there's a good footballer there. We all know that. Oh yeah. But the last couple of games, he's and you know we've seen the squad name for the game tomorrow, and he's been dropped. Yep. And it's unfortunately deserved. And yep. as you were saying earlier, uh, before we started, Pete, it's I like that from from Stage. Stage. I like I like the accountability. Yep. I, you, if you come on, you're expected to do a job. He made a couple of stakes and, you know, they sort of led straight to the goal. Um, you didn't perform to expectations, now you're out of the squad. I like that. Work hard, get yourself back in. That's the the thing. It is all about that man management part of things now for Stadge to, you know, take on the task of bringing him back into the fold and getting him back into form. So speaking of competition for places, we've seen one player in particular um, who may have had his place under under threat when we did sign uh, Stefan, Clisby has uh, stepped up, I reckon. Um, I, th- I thought he was not faultless, but pretty close to it on Tuesday night. Look, I don't remember having to yell his name thinking, what the hell are you doing as much? Maybe aside from his set pieces, I should <laughs> put that caveat on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might have yelled 25 times instead of uh, 50 <laughs> on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I'm happy. I don't, I don't think I agree, but <laughs> I'm happy to roll with that. Um, but yeah, but it's a good it's a good point that you raise though is that our set pieces are poor. We do we do miss out on a lot of potential good attacking situations mm. because our set pieces are poor. 
It's true, but I felt like Pete that he really improved a lot in this game from the last game at home. And uh, in fact, in the last game at home, there was a moment where he wanted Kai Rolls to come for a ball out wide uh, on the wing that was his, clearly his ball, not Kai's, and that was a sort of a I'm not having a go here moment for me, and I didn't like the look of that. But there was I didn't see any of that in this game. I didn't see any of the maybe not turning as and uh, really putting it in as quickly as as. Uh, as, as perhaps sometimes we saw last year. And even in the set-piece stakes, you're right, there was a set-piece out towards the western side there and he sort of floated it Monty corner style. Sorry, Monty. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it, it was just, you know, a nothing ball that ended up out and uh, was a goal kick, I think. But then he needed to sort of learn from that. And the next free kick after that, he did actually whip it in with a bit of curve and, and um, tail on it, which is what we really need in that situation. So, you know, I'm... I'm who would you have? This is completely sort of left field, but I, I, I'm not keen on our left back taking our bloody corners and free kicks. I wouldn't mind it if he was consistently good with them. Like he, That's he, fair. he hits them well, probably fifty percent of the time. If I'm being kind, um, <laughs> you're being kind there. This, <laughs> I'm positivity plus. <laughs> positivity, Pete. You're positive prior. <laughs> this, this would be my only criticism of Oli Bazanic, actually, that I haven't liked his free kicks much yet. So you know, I was hoping for such big things because I watched him in preseason, and he was deadly from a dead ball. Like he was, yeah, scarily good. But not so much in the season proper where it counts. So let's yeah. hope that's yet M- more to come. Hopefully, there. Yeah. yeah. What do we What do we think of the perceived tactic or tactics? The sort of two banks of four, very compact in defence. No, the or beat, beat the complete shite out of them for uh-huh, yes, forty five minutes. Looking to looking forward to getting to this part. So obviously <laughs> the stall was set pretty early on. The return of Zygmunt Gordon to Central Coast Stadium um, doesn't deserve to be called Ziggy anymore. Uh, no. He's Zygmunt Have your full name because it's trash. Ian Zygmunt Gordon. Yeah, the stall was set pretty early on. Two minutes in, Alo Quall earning himself a yellow ticket, scything down the snake boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Slipped over, nothing in it. <laughs> I think that's um, that's really just gone a long way to further endearing himself to the fan base. Yeah, 100%. I love Lou. I love his energy. Uh, and I yelled out, do it harder next time <laughs> when he did it. No. Um, and look, I think, I think there's been a few comments that I've seen from some people, not necessarily Mariners fans, because I think most of us understand, but there's been a few people say, look, why, why did everybody ride him so hard for the whole night? And we... We know the reason that he left, right? I don't know if it's come out, but we know the reason that he left. All good. I don't have an issue with it. But it was what he said in the press release when he got to the Wanderers and what he said to people when he was here only weeks before he left, said to people on record and off record, mm. I, we, you were on the table at the medal night. No, you were hosting. I, I don't hosting, know if you were yeah. there when he came over, but Ziggy came over and spoke to us on the table for about sort of five or ten minutes and it was... It was all, I want to stay, I want to be re-signed, I want to do this, I, I love... And it was on and on and on, could not speak highly enough. Mm. And then to make the few comments that he made when he went to the Wanderers, that's what got everybody offside. So it's not just... it's not just it, If he just had been honest when he went to the Wanderers, why he left, all good, no problem. But it's what he said. And then it clearly got a few of us offside and then probably got some of the players offside too. 
Oh, it absolutely has got a few of the players offside. We saw Simo giving him a uh, a good spray, letting him know he's there um, in the first half as well. Any guesses what he said? Oh, I'd love to know. <laughs> I would have loved to have been a worm in the ground for that conversation. You're a you're a snake in the grass. That's why I just <laughs> kicked you. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He was just letting him know he was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, surprisingly, he's still living in Terrigal as well. Um, so, you know, if anyone knows the price of a removalist uh, from Terrigal to Blacktown. Do you yeah. think he, like, sits in the lounge room, like, peers out the curtain just to make sure none of the boys are walking past and then, like, runs down to the coffee shop and then <laughs> surely goes sends, back inside and just... He surely sends someone to the coffee shop. He surely. doesn't go just, down there himself. He won't after we all booed him, will he? Yeah, just sort well, of holds up inside, peering out the window, making that's sure no another, one's there. That's another interesting one, really, isn't it? Um, apparently, he spoke to a couple of players in the lead-up to the game and said that he didn't expect a hostile reception. He expected the fans to welcome him back with open arms. Mm. Uh, he had another thing coming, really, didn't he? Interesting frame of mind. Interesting the, frame of mind. Look, the impact, you know what? It's not my favourite thing uh, if we get too close to the edge. You know, we're trying to set the right examples and so forth. But I think that the ref can bear some responsibility for the level that both teams threw at each other in this game in terms of the physical stuff. Worst ref in the league. He is the worst ref. Well, actually, no, because my brother and I were looking down. The fourth official was Stephen Lucas. Oh. He's the worst ref in the league. In fact, uh, we've seen him refing where he belongs in MPL2 games at Plume Park. But but uh, somehow he gets back in the A-League repeatedly. Um, but, yeah, if, if the ref seeks to get some control of the game early on, then I think a fair bit of that stuff disappears out of it. But I'm not sure I really wanted it to because it was pretty entertaining and, and a way to bring the fans back into the game. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, somebody asked me about what it was uh, that uh, Matt Simon's performance, a pretty starchy performance, uh, added for us. Well, I'll tell you what that added. What that added was that there wasn't a moment when he was out there that a defender was able to settle on the ball and make a pass without pressure on him. And and what happened in the last half an hour? Yeah. When he went off, exactly right, we yeah. lost our way. Yeah, and look, I play up front and I'm nowhere near ever being A-League or anywhere out <laughs> I think of you're a chance. Gosford. But You've scored in a grand final, haven't you? <laughs> once or twice. But the, but the thing is that my mates expect me to not give those fullbacks time on the ball and and I regard that as part of my job. Okay, so Matty got close to the edge at times on this, but that's his job, and he did a fantastic job of it in this game. So if you if you didn't see what it was that Matty added, you weren't watching the game. And I like to think that we pride ourselves here, to be honest, and not look through the blue and yellow, yellow tinted glasses. Tinted glasses. Yeah. But he could have been sent for the first one on Ziggy. Thoughts? I mean, it didn't even go to VAR. No, which I thought was weird. Yeah, so no, I, nothing in it. Because <laughs> when I watched, when they showed the replay three or four times on the big screen, thanks for doing that, uh, whoever is in charge of the big screen, it, he did not disguise it very well, I thought. Yeah. Look, I'd say that there was potentially, a, a, if you want to see it that way from one extreme, there could have been a couple of red cards and a yellow in the game. Yeah, I um, think... Or I at think the other end, there could have been three yellow cards or yeah. there could have been one yellow card like there was. But I go back to the fact that if that original one when uh, Matty goes and just arrives that moment too late and uh, uh, puts one on the foot of Bacchus, mm. if, that yellow, if a yellow card's given then, it's a different game. And uh, I don't think that some of the other incidents happen from either side. We don't see... Um, Who's that bloke? Doran. We don't see him dragging Niz down by the back of his collar. We don't see Truissi putting Niz in the head 
lock and dragging him out yep. of the melee. If either of them go um, near Nisbet again, I will find out where they live. <laughs> <laughs> I will go to the house and egg it. Have stern <laughs> words. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Doran's definitely should have been booked, and I reckon Tracy was uh, maybe, maybe. Um, but no yellow cards for the Wanderers in that game. Yeah, and you can't have it both ways, in my opinion. If you want to let things go, you got to let him go, and that's why he chose to do that night. And he's people a horrible got close ref. to the edge. He's a horrible ref. He has no control over any game I see him ref. As soon as a player sort of like yells at him or like has a go at him, he goes all red, and he just <laughs> like he just has no control. Very poor. Just on the VAR, and don't want to focus on it too long. When there's only two yes, cameras at the game. Then yeah, the VAR is pretty yeah. ineffective, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but yeah, you're right. Exactly right. And they've got to be a certain quality of camera as well to get the um, mm. the, the right image um, and to be able to slow it down enough to, be, to have uh, a meaningful... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, View? View. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at the risk of my Fox um, subscription being cancelled, uh, as far as I'm concerned, their coverage this year has been rubbish. And I saw somebody praising Boz and oh. uh, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie for taking on the role of being host as well as pundit. And look, Bosnich follows me uh, on Twitter, so I feel like I can't talk smack about him on Twitter, but I will hear. <laughs> I can't stand him. I can't stand him on the pre-game, the post-game, half-time interviews. He's just not a host. Maybe a special comment, sort of a punt at a half-time on the couch, ask him a few things, but I... Yes. You know what drives me nuts? Yes, he was a goalkeeper, obviously a very good one, but every time there's something involving a goalkeeper, <laughs> it's straight to Mark Bosnich. What are your thoughts on that? And he's, oh, he should have been one foot more to the left. And that, that oh, drives me nuts. He used to be good. I used to enjoy his contributions on Fox. Gone downhill. But yeah, it seems to have... Yeah, I'm, I, don't I don't watch the pregame. I mute halftime. I don't watch the postgame. I mute it when they do these stupid bloody player interviews at like at mm. like halftime. And then when they when they come back and then they speak to the coach, it just it adds nothing. Do they actually still have pre-game stuff on Fox? Because I know post-COVID last season they canned it. There was a pre-game the other day. Okay. It's rare. It's rare, but it is there. Yeah, it just not, looks cheap not, now. Not very good. And, and I, I just hate that because, uh, you know, I didn't notice that there was anything else cheap around the league, like any of the things that I have to pay for when I go to away games or anything like that. Nothing's oh. got cheap, but Fox has got cheap. If I, if, if I had to... Keep anyone, it would be Adam Peacock just because... I think Peacock's absolutely fantastic. He's, he's, he's a great reporter. He's a great host. Yeah, great, great, um, great host, great presenter. Does okay on commentary considering it's not his go-to. Number one role, yeah. 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 Um, and for someone that hasn't played as well either or he's just watched it you he know, understands sort of most game, of his yeah. life, come save us Optus. That's all I've got to say. Optus just, or Stan. Just the 1% of positive there though. Bozza actually said positive things about the Mariners in this coverage. That's weird. I know. I, th- I thought I was in a parallel universe, but... <laughs> he must be sick. Yeah, something, yeah. Well, but he yeah. used to be quite positive towards the Mariners as well. We had him uh, for a couple of Yellow Army pre-game events back in the Kendall Bar in years gone by. Might have even been... No, surely not. Marinators events. No, it must have been Yellow Army. I'm not sure. Anyway, but yeah, he was more than happy to oblige, had great things to say about the club. Something changed... Um, many years ago. Um, it starts with the team that we played on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may- maybe. But I've never understood how a bloke who's worn the shirt could treat us the way he has at times, to be honest. True. Um, because True. we didn't treat him that way. Mm. So we keep on talking about the subs. What did we think of the new man? 
who did not get to touch the well, ball. Yeah, I think he touched the ball once, <laughs> maybe not even. Um, so he didn't have enough time to have any sort of meaningful impact on the game. He's obviously coming in a bit underdone as well. He's only been out of quarantine for, for a week or so. So, yeah, no, hopefully we'll see him grow into the side. I'm, I'm going to be incredibly critical here, but he doesn't look quick, is my concern. Really? I thought he looked very laboured and a really? bit slow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. But again, um, straight out of straight out of quarantine, he's only been training for a few days. So, like I said, yeah, super I duper critical. I didn't think he looked that slow, but I thought he just looked behind the pace. But that's probably understandable. I think he was off the pace of the game for sure. But yeah. I don't think like physicality-wise, he looked all that slow. Yeah, I, I don't know if I re- saw anything that made me think that. Um, but uh, you know, from what we saw, the only thing I could really judge was that I thought he looked decent in our shorts and shirt. <laughs> and uh, the yellow and blue suit him. Yeah, it. and you know, he 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 had kept his hair well and generally looked good. Um, <laughs> he, you know, wait, what did he kept, kept his hair ball? well? Yeah, you know. Doesn't all. he have like a Devon patch? Well, but, <laughs> yeah. it was, but it was neatly kept, and you know, it's, these are the things yeah, that for, we could judge for a balding man. Yeah. For a balding man, he looks good. <laughs> Leave okay. him alone. Yeah. If yeah. he touched the ball, I could probably make different judgments. But without touching the ball, I had to feel sorry for him, to be honest. Because one thing, even if he was, maybe you were right, maybe he was slower than than ex- expected. I thought that he did everything in his power to reverse the anti-magnetic ball syndrome that he was experiencing out there. So he ran around looking for the thing constantly, yeah. and every time he went near it, then it ran away from him. So, yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, obviously he couldn't make an impact. Smiley couldn't really make an impact like mm. he did in MacArthur. Bowman struggled the entire 45 off the bench, I thought. And again, he was really good against MacArthur. Um so yeah, it just you know for me it just wasn't our night, and the subs made all the difference. Bullo scores the goal, who obviously comes off the bench. Mm. Uh, they get to bring on Bruce Kamau, who I honestly didn't even realise was at the Wanderers, and <laughs> when he come on, made a very good impact. I thought he'd gone overseas, or I had no idea. Um, but yeah. At, but aside from the at mistake... At the end of the day, the subs won it for him. Yeah, and aside from the mistake... And a fluke, and a little bit of yeah, luck as well. and it yeah. wasn't just one little bit of luck. The, the ball over the top was decent, but even that wasn't really telling. What was sort of telling was that we almost got a clearing header away, but it didn't quite go far enough, and that left open the possibility Pete, Pete, to have I will, a shot. I will, I will ask you who made that poor clearance header. Jack Clisby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just refusing to answer. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, ignoring yeah, that yeah, yeah, attempt yeah. to goad us into response. But I had but to do it. Even yeah, then, yeah. the shot was an okay, an average shot with very little chance percentage-wise that uh, hits the hits Kai Rolls. Doesn't I think doesn't know much about mm. it, and then mm. bounces in front of probably the only player on the pitch who has the quality to put that away when it's sort of skimming across the surface from a deflection yeah. like that. So and we go back to it. I think Lewis. Miller probably should have been on him. He should have tracked that that's run. Where he like he been. watched him run past him as well, yeah. and that's that's why I was so critical of him earlier in the piece. He just watched him run past, and then he's unmarked for the goal. Yeah, which is the opposite of what Muller did. Muller had no right to believe that he could get that ball, but he still gambled anyway. Mm. So he was still in the position. He was still running to the six he was, yard yeah, box. He was he was on the move before the ball was even half cleared or. A quarter cleared, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a quality player who gambles on the possibility of the ball getting there, and mm. uh, yeah, and he had the quality to finish it too. So, I think we'll be okay. That, I think we'll be okay. Although very frustrating. Um, yeah, a blip. CCM!
let's uh, let's kick things off. Real one, thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon uh, to join us here on the podcast, mate. First things first, um, your sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? Ooh, the fridge for me for sure. Oh no, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> oh wow, what a way to start off. Have you That's read right. the bottle? Let's <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's uh, let's see if you can redeem yourself here. Who's better, Lionel okay. Messi or Matt Simon? Oh, Matt Simon for me. <laughs> <laughs> the East Gosford goat, of course. That's it. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll listen and uh, appreciate the answer, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you've been around the A-League for a while now. Probably it's around sort of the five-year mark, and it's hard to believe that you're still only just 24. Um, and sort of you're forming a part of a very youthful backline this season for us. You seem to be really hitting some, uh, some really good form. At the moment, is there anything you can put that down to beyond just sort of minutes on the pitch? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the coach should play a big part, obviously, um, having the belief in, in myself and um, also, obviously, the back line as well. I think um, we're, we're all very young, but um, most, most, most of us have played, you know, quite a, quite a few amount of games. And I think um, this year, I think we've, uh, we've really shown that, you know, even though we're young, without the uh, without without too much of an, uh, the experience, we're we're still able, um, we're capable to do the job. And um, so, uh, so far, I've been enjoying, um, you know, obviously playing and um, and you know, also you know, trying to uh, cement my spot in the team. So, Ruin, it was a pretty tough one to take on Tuesday night, um, especially as we were looking to come away with a clean sheet, another clean sheet. Um, how did you and the squad feel about the game overall? Yeah, um, it was definitely very, very hard to take, you know, considering that we had, you know, more of the chances. Um, it was just one of those games where, you know, it just all, all it takes is just one chance. And um, and obviously they uh, they got lucky with that as well. So um, I think with our performances and defensively, we've been really solid. And I think, um, you know, obviously uh, we still got things to work on. But um, yeah, that game was definitely tough to take. But I think um, we'll, we'll try to bounce back Friday, and um, hopefully uh, we can just keep uh, performing the way we are at the back. So, were there any particular areas uh, that uh, were identified maybe by Stage for improvement in this following game? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know he talks he talks about um, you know our distances from the back um, with our midfield, and just knowing you know obviously when the uh, you know when the when the opposition the team is in possession. When they've got time on the ball, you know, um, being being aware about the runs in behind, but um, yeah, we 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 spoke about about it, and um, we definitely uh, are or already have worked on it, and are willing to work on it and to improve uh, for each game. We've definitely seen the uh, the improvement, um, especially from from last season as well. Um, it was a bit of a fiery one in part on uh, on Tuesday night. Does does anyone know what uh, what Simo said to uh, Ziggy? Um, not too sure to be honest, but um, you know, it's part of the game. I think um, from the minute the, uh, the game started, it was it was quite fiery from the start. So you know that that, that set the tempo pretty well for the game. And I think um, you know our, our desire off the ball was you know top notch as well. So I think um, you know I'm not too sure exactly what he did, what, what he said to him, but um, I'm sure it was just you know just, just letting uh, him know he's a friend, there. Friendly chat. Yeah. yeah friendly chat. <laughs> So for yourself, I mean, you've you've obviously been pretty consistent this season, making your way into the starting eleven. Last season, you were, you played a few 
a few games in the youth as well and sort of bounced between being in the squad and sort of backwards and forwards. What's what's sort of the one thing that you can put your game down to improving to making your way into that eleven? Yeah, I think um, uh, I think it's credit to uh, to the staff um, this this season uh, coming back from preseason. You know the, um, the the work that they've put in for us to um, you know for especially for me. Um, you know, getting my body right was 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 the main focus. Being um, being able to make myself available um, for the team uh, last year was a bit tough. Being in and out the squad and obviously um, uh, wasn't wasn't um, uh, what's it called? It wasn't exactly um, how I, I planned my first season uh, coming to the Mariners. But I think um, yeah, like I said, credit to the uh, to the staff. I think um, getting 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 not only just me but you know the the boys in a good shape. Where we're able to, um, you know, perform at our best. Do you think the short turnaround in the seasons helped with that, or has, has there been sort of a big sort of uh, overhaul, sort of with the fitness regime? Yeah, I think I think it has helped. You know, um, you know, I think with the with the games coming back to back as well. I think um, we're we're you know uh, looking looking to take care of, of our bodies um, a lot better. But um, just being able to play more games as well, you know, you know, um, that that element, and just being being yeah, being excited to be on the field each time, and knowing that, you know, even even if you did lose, win or draw, you've got you've got the next game to look forward to, and it's just just around the corner. So, I think that's been good. How helpful has it been to be able to form some kind of consistency there in the centre of the at the back with um, Kai Rolls? And um, uh, which one of you? Which one of you is the key member of that uh, partnership? <laughs> uh, um, no, it's been great. Uh, we've we've got a good uh, partnership. We know the way that we play. Um, we're both we're both young, and as you can see, I think not very, not many defenders in the league are as comfortable as we are on the ball. Um, I think you know, even though it's only been a few games, we still got a long way to go. But I think we can only get better, and you know. Uh, with with both of us, you know, being able to communicate well with um with with our with our midfield or anyone in the, in front of us, then you know, I think I think um, yeah, I think we're just going to improve on that, and yeah, we've been we've been good so far together. So hopefully uh, we stay together. You have. Um, so we've got three, or we've had new three three new faces join the playing group during the last uh, week or so: Aranya, Yanata, Yankovic. Hope I've pronounced them reasonably well. How have they looked in training, and what do you think they can add to the side? Yeah, they've they've been great. Um, you know, obviously it's been a while for them. Uh, it's been hard, especially quarantine for them. Uh, not not up to scratch with fitness, but I think um, they, they they they've shown you know obviously their qualities, and you can you, um, you can tell that they're going to be a, a big a big help to the team. I think um, once they do get fit. I think in the um, in the attacking department as well. I think um, all three of them are capable of scoring goals, and um, they've they've come with a good mentality, and um, they've shown that they want to be here as well. So, uh, and we've uh, it gives it gives us uh, more depth in the team, especially uh, fighting for spots as well. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, very interesting um, when they do get fit. So on the whole, we've we've got a very youthful side um, this season. Who are some of the the younger players coming through that have really impressed you the most? Oh, that's a good question. There's a, there's a lot of youth players in um, in our in our team that have been um, very very uh, impressive. 
in preseason as well. But I think I think for me, um, Josh Nisbet has been he's been great. Um, I think he's already uh, proved, proven himself that um, you know no matter no matter his size, he can he can he can still compete and be physical with anyone on the pitch. So um, I think I think he's going to be. Um, He's going to be one to watch this whole season. So, for me, yeah, Josh Nisbet. Do you think he's maybe a bit of a bolter for the Ollie Roos squad? He's still only 21 years old there, and um, he's been very impressive, as you say. He's definitely a fan favourite. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think um, with him, the way he's been playing, I think, you know, wouldn't, he wouldn't be too far from a call-up. So, hopefully he does get a call-up because he does deserve it. So, we've also seen uh, Ollie Bazanic come back to the club this season, probably arguably the biggest uh, signing we've made in a while and he forms yep. a part of the leadership group along with along with uh, your f- partner in the back there, yep. Kai and Simo. How important has he been? Because he seems to be massive in the midfield there directing all yeah, the, he's been, uh, the boys around. Absolutely. He's been very massive. Um, I think he's, he's brought his, um, uh, his experience into the team and I think just his presence being there um, really lifts uh, the team as well. <laughs> he's, um, he's a great leader and I think um, with, yeah, well, it's been big, it's been big um, having him at the club, and you can you can just see from um, from the way he plays, you know, he, he shows a, he shows a lot of passion uh, for the fans, and you can just tell how um, important he is for us. He just lifts us all while we're playing as well. So, I think he's been a, um, a very very um, very big signing, and um, at the moment, yeah, we're we're really uh, happy with um, with him, and also the way everyone's been performing. So it's been great. Um, so just jumping off the football pitch for a moment, and uh, this one's a fan question from a fellow called Eric Ponton, who's a big fan of the pod, so shout out to him. What's what's your favourite thing? You've been here a few years now. What's your favourite thing outside of football to do on the coast, Ruan? Oh, on the coast? To be honest, I love I love going on hikes. You know, um, you know going for a walk, because the sceneries are quite amazing right, um, here on the coast. And I like going to the beach as well. So that's that's the two main things that I like doing on the coast. Nice. So there was a really good article that's just actually come out, and I've only just spotted it right now, uh, about your 82-year-old neighbour uh, helped you find yeah. your zen. Can you give us a bit more insight on that? I know you've probably yeah. just gone through it, but yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. We um, yeah, we had a we had the um, the interview this week, but yeah, on that um, so yeah, Remo is my neighbour uh, about like a year, a year ago now, so or a year and a bit now. Um, he just came knocking on my door, and uh, we had a chat for like an hour, and went to East Place and spoke for another hour. But um he's just he's just an amazing guy, you know. Um I enjoy seeing him um whenever I can during the week, you know, we have a good uh, friendship together. Um we've 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 really got gotten closer. Um he's just he's he's a, he's the biggest Mariner supporter as well. He loves football. So um we watch a lot of the A League, especially last year actually to be honest. We're watching a lot of the A League games together. But um yeah, he's been he's been, you know, someone that, you know, I can speak to about football. And someone that I actually look up to as well because he's, he's, uh, he's had a lot of experience in his life, and um, no matter no matter how hard things get for him, he's he's always looking the positive side out of that. So I take I take that into consideration as well. That's awesome, love it. Yeah, that article I just had a quick look through that. It looks absolutely beautiful. If anyone uh, listening wants to check that out, that is uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald. One of uh, Vince Rigari's articles there. So um, I think we'll. Uh, Wrap what about up? Sydney tomorrow? Oh, we haven't yeah, ever spoken about like, I can't. Yeah. I can't even keep up with the bloody draw. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's very fast moving. I think um, just off air earlier, we mentioned the uh, the short turnaround. How are you guys handling that? Yeah, um, we, we, we've, we've shown already because we had the Newcastle game and then uh, make Arthur. 
we've shown that you know uh, we can um, you know we can, we can get our bodies ready for the next game. But I think um, it's not going to be an easy game. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. But we're really looking forward to it, though. To bounce back. So are we. Yeah, exactly right. No, I can't wait to get down there and um, get behind the boys and, and see us go around and hopefully get the three points tomorrow. Yep, definitely. Beautiful. Ruan, thanks once again for your time, mate. Much appreciated. Really appreciate you making yourself available to uh, have a chat with us, Isavo. No worries. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, mate. Take care. Best of luck, Ruan. Thanks, Ruan. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, of course, uh, tomorrow or today, by the time this episode drops, we'll be on our way down to Sydney away for our next game. Uh, the chance to go top of the table once more, one point, will do it. Uh, it is a short turnaround since our last game, uh, which was only a couple of days ago on Tuesday night there. Uh, we seem to enjoy the short turnaround so far, though, this season, guys. So far. they've Sydney have had a bit of a break. They had the derby on the 16th. Yep. Perennial derby chokers for some reason. Can't quite work out why. Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's still hilarious that Bumyohan hasn't won a derby <laughs> playing for either side. <laughs> I think he's, he's played in the derby eight times now and hasn't won a game or something. But they You'll haven't really, they haven't really, generally speaking, shown that they're you know anything for me to jump over myself about. To be honest, I think we're striking them at a time when uh, we're looking fairly capable and we've got things that we're going to improve on. We've possibly got some extras coming into the team, bit of quality. Just haven't seen anything that makes me think we can't do this. This is, this is my constant thought about Sydney, is that they, they never really impress me, but they keep winning. <laughs> so I don't know if if I'm just not seeing it or what the go is, but, I mean, you know, that probably is the sign of a good side is that, you know, no matter no matter how they play, they will get three points Getting or get results. a point and they yep. get the results. And But, you know, I don't – I just – I don't ever really remember being wowed by how they play besides some sort of individual brilliance by Ninkovic, mm. really, every mm. now and then. Like, you know, I don't know if it's me sort of being harsh, but I think Costa Barbarossa is pretty overrated, especially especially since he's gone to Sydney. I don't think he's, I don't think he's worth the money that he's on. <laughs> um, Luke Bratton is another one who I think looks pretty overrated. Oh, he scored as, a bomb against Wellington though, didn't he? He did, but that's that's what they do. It's like mm. they have that in their in their bag, which what is what makes them so dangerous. Some individual brilliance is what wins them games more often than not. I'm just. Like I said, I could be wrong, but I'm just not generally impressed by the way they play. Well, there was two moments of of brilliance in that game against Wellington that we just spoke about there. It was two bombs that won them the game, one from uh, Cam Neuenhoff and the other one from Luke Bratton. On the whole, though, as you say, I thought that game was um, fairly evenly poised. It was pretty open as well. Yeah. I think we've identified in our chats a little bit of uh, a few of the things where they might be able to hurt us. And, uh, you know, uh, but if, if we've thought that, then I guarantee that Stadge and the squad have. So yeah. so hopefully we've got a plan for those things. Like I think you brought up, Boise, or one of you pair brought up, uh, Trent Bahaj's runs in behind in some of these games have been good. And uh, mm. in, the, in the derby, he made some good ones. Um, didn't really uh, end up being what was needed in the end, but uh, but yeah, so, so that could hurt us a little bit. But mm-hmm. other than that, I just yeah, I think we've got some things we might hurt them with. Yeah, and I think now having Bazanich in the midfield too, having someone a bit more experienced there to 
to hopefully try and keep Nikovic quiet leads us with more of a chance. But it's always, it's just, it's always hard with Sydney. Like I said, I, I can never, I'm not generally impressed. And then I always, we always bloody go there and then we lose more often than not. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's very frustrating. It has been a while since we've got a result against Sydney away. Um, yeah. And I can't, I can't actually think of the last time. Um, I think the last time we actually beat them overall was the Ocon era. Possibly. Possibly. And like, I mean, you look at that back line that started in the derby. Alex King... Warland, Wilco and Ryan Grant. Ryan Grant is a bit of a weird one for me because he gets a lot of praise from Sydney fans, which probably... from Fox. Yeah, probably deservedly so, I think. But he also does a lot of weird stuff and makes quite a few mistakes. Mm. Um, Wilkinson in the back line. We all know Wilco. I love Wilco. Um, But, of course, he is getting on. Not a spring chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. May have gone backwards a little bit, I think, in the last season-ish. Um, and, then, and then their other two fullbacks are quite inexperienced, which I think leaves us open with a chance, in my opinion. And they do have a strong midfield. In in the derby, they started with Retre, Caceres, Bratton and Nikovic. And like I said, further to my point, individually, all pretty good players. But I just I don't see the hype, and that's what drives me nuts when they keep winning. No, I think you're you're under something with your um, talking about Bazanic. I imagine you guys heaped praise on him in my absence in previous pods because he probably deserved it straight away because it's been incredibly obvious what he's brought back. I never expected this level to be honest. Mm. I that he really has come back and uh, is a super player compared to the young youth who left us. Um, so, yeah, I've, I feel like there's a level of organisation there. We've considered just that one goal. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm optimistic at worst. Yeah, look, going back to Ryan Grant as well, he's someone who loves to bomb forward. I know that both of their fullbacks tend to do that. Um, does that give players like Nizzi and, uh, and Casella and De Silva a chance to get in behind, do you think? Yeah, I think, I think if... One criticism, I think, from the Wanderers game on Tuesday was that I think there was a couple of times we had the chance to launch a quick counter-attack and we do tend to slow it down more often than not, which is a little bit frustrating because I think there's nothing wrong with being strong defensively like we have been, do the two banks of four, defend from the front, but when the opportunity is there to counter, use it. We, We sort of tend to get almost to halfway or something and then we just sort of stop and end up going backwards and I'm, I don't want to be the whole go forward sort of a person but <laughs> there's I think there's, there's more there's more chances than not to have a good counter attack and I think we've got the speed there out wide and with a loo we've got Matty Simon there to hold the ball up if if we need to but use use the bit of speed that we have do you think it's a game plan though because it's, it's- Steve and I, my brother and I were talking about it at the game and, and it just looked, it reminded me of back in the Arnie era when you could nearly predict that if um, Josh Rose didn't receive the ball and he was a yard in front of the guy who was supposed to be looking after him, he just wouldn't go forward. And so we'd play that play over and over again mm. until he was in the right position and then he knew he had to go forward. And it just, there's a little bit of a sniff of our organisation is th- that. Yeah, I think our transition is definitely a lot better than what it was last season. Yeah. I think we are looking to counter-attack a lot more than, than what we did, or more effectively 
than what we have in the past anyway. I think, yeah, it's definitely, it's more about being smarter about it, isn't it? I think we're, it's probably been times in the past when we've probably counted when we shouldn't have. At the wrong time, yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and now we're opting to hold on to the ball, which I have no issue with. I'd much rather, much rather have the ball than not. But I think we do need to, especially against Sydney, like you said, with Ryan Grant, and we know that they do like to bomb on and they do like to overlap. Someone like a Ninkovic and a Luke Bratton um, and a and a Caceres, they're not going to get back and defend, I don't think, and help out the help out their defenders that have overlapped. So I think that's where we can potentially potentially take advantage of it. Hopefully, we can use some of the quality that has yet to hit the pitch for us um, and capitalise on some of those moments. And that this may well be the way that we're able to do it. You know, Jankovic and and uh, Unita and um, uh, and so forth. Because uh, we missed a lot in that midfield when these came off yeah. the other night. Uh, the, the subs made a huge impact when they come off, not just for the guys that went on, made no impact. It was massively about what we lost when those guys went off. So I mean, you could see Nizzy was tiring. Yeah. And, and maybe that's to, you know, bringing him off was to preserve him for, for tomorrow's game or today's game. Yeah. Um, and DDS, I think, was tiring as well. Yeah. Um, so hopefully these guys can have more of an impact. Yeah, let's see. We've, we have seen, of course, that you're not a Jankovic and uh, have been added to the side or squad. I should say, um, and Urenia is also in the squad as well. So, so if they if 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 they're in the squad and assuming that they go on, they sit on the bench, who is out? Do you think? Well, Miller's been dropped already. Dan Hall's been added to the extended squad as well. So I think there's two to omit from the extended squad. Um, we've seen Dan Hall unfortunately be omitted from most of the match day squads so far this season. Um, criminal, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but again, hard to hard to begrudge that because Kai Rolls and, and Ruan have done so well. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who sits out. Does Casella maybe come in and start? Um, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a weird one because it's Oof. like like on Tuesday night, it looked like we have no depth. Mm. And then it's we have these two foreigners uh, that can potentially make an impact and, you know, Guys that have made an impact off the bench in the first two games of the season didn't on Tuesday. On Tuesday so Stadge yeah. has a pretty tough decision on his That's hands. That's right, yeah. Jordan Smiley is another one that um, unfortunately didn't have the impact that he might have hoped. Um, and Dan Bowman as well, as you said, just didn't look... Um, he was well off the pace of the game for the 45 minutes he was on. So yeah. maybe that weighs into Stadge's calculations when he does suggest uh, select the final match day squad. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm optimistic about tomorrow night I will 100% take a point oh yeah you take a point take a point away every day yeah yeah for sure for unless sure. it's Newcastle away we get all three yeah yeah for sure but it, but you, you think maybe Irana came on as um, a striker so it's either going to be Alou or Maddie. Um so maybe there's a share that's that's going to happen I there. think it'll that'll be pretty similar I think tomorrow night I think he'll he'll start start Matty and Alou, and then he'll come off the bench again and, for one of them. And the other two almost look like natural replacements if they actually are in form and fit for the two that came off, maybe. Key midfielders? Mm. Yeah, I think Yanota uh, likes to play a bit more centrally, um, but I, I think both of them can play wide as well. So so, so if it's Yanota and, and Jankovic as potential um, short period replacements for So maybe Niz Casella and, is uh, out? Uh, and uh, Danny, if there is that fitness thing there, then they're the sort of the, the, the similar kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you know. Yep. 
Not that I think either of those pair, based on Tuesday's performance, should spend any minutes on the bench. To be perfectly frank, <laughs> mm. <but laughs> no, you've got to start them. You've got to. St- they're just like, like I said before. Yeah. Nizzy's got to be the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, yeah. And just it was the second. I, I never yeah. thought. I'd or be maybe second, that. third after Beerus. Like, yeah. oh yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, score predictions for tomorrow, Luke. No, uh, no. Well. I hate myself, but I'm. That was what I was going to say, and I'm <laughs> going to because, yeah, I think we're we're a tight team who's well organised, and um, so are they, and they're experienced. It'll be hard, nil or one all. <laughs> I want goals. <laughs> <laughs> we'll enjoy them, no doubt about that. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say uh, two one Mariners, but yeah, like I said, I'll take a point. Um, anything else is a bonus, I reckon. Absolutely. <laughs> Alrighty, let's have a look at a couple of other things that are happening across the league at the moment before we launch into your questions. Of course, the Sydney Derby was just the other week. That was a one-all draw. Pretty uninspiring um, as far as derbies go, guys. Um, I didn't really... I don't think I haven't really watched the whole thing in the end. Yeah. This, yeah. It was a bit meh. Very, very weird. I'm old. I probably fell asleep. <laughs> uh, your mate, Boise Sir Tapsalot, leads City to a win uh, uh, over Western United. <laughs> <laughs> Had to bring up the tap-in merchant. And it was a tap-in too, wasn't tap, it? Tap, tap, tap a roof. <laughs> oh, group chat was popping when that went in too. <laughs> Um, of course, Western Sydney Wanderers beat Newcastle 2-1. Uh, MacArthur also won up at Newcastle 2-1. And last night, the Raw beat Newcastle. Any guesses to that scoreline, guys? Uh, let me think, 2-1. It was 2-1. Hmm. Um, I didn't even know there was two games on last night, to be honest. Yeah, I totally forgot about the, draw, the Perth one. The draw is just completely cooking me. I've got no idea. Speaking of cooked draws, of course, last night was the first Perth game of the season. We're only up to match day five, guys, so Crazy. thanks for catching up. And we've had, which I don't think we've actually spoken about, we've had a couple of little updates to our draw too. So We have. Nothing's been released um, yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep your eyes peeled over the next week or so because there have been some fixture changes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought they changed it. Oh, have they? I don't know. I haven't even caught up um, from two hours ago. So I think so. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah. Sad um, for Newcastle. Sad for Newcastle. Yeah, four points, uh, four games in, zero points. Um, you love to see it. What, seven um, in that time. I thought to be, I'll say it through gritted teeth, they looked better last night um, than what they have in the lead up to that, but still not good enough to get the points. Matt. Uh, Matt Miller is on his way back from the UK with coronavirus. With COVID, so yeah. Well, I think he had to wait in the UK for two weeks until the COVID subsided. He will fix everything. Um, he has to get on a plane to Perth because that's the only flight he could get. Quarantine there for 14 days and then try and get across to Newcastle from there. So I'm devastated for him. Uh, unlucky. Uh, <laughs> O'Donovan has also been very poor for them so far this season. Um, wasteful Does he look fat? Goal. You reckon he's uh, been in a decent yeah. paddock? Yeah. Enjoyed, uh, enjoyed, the sh- enjoyed the short off-season. Extra Guinnesses? Yeah, f- yeah, a few Guinnesses. Yeah, a couple of pies. <laughs> Guinness fed pies. Well. <laughs> oh, no, he, he seemed to be back in form with his one-on-ones. He can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not any younger than he was, um, is he? And he's, he seems to be just completely nowhere, really. He's he not just, influencing games at all. He just doesn't add anything. Mm. As an aside, that Valentin Newell looks... 
interesting. Starting, um, he's he's a problem. His decision making isn't quite there yet, but he yeah. is definitely threatening. Yeah, did score last night against the Raw to to level things up, but um, it wasn't to be. And oh, don't you just hate to see it? Um, and of course, we mentioned Perth's first game last night. Golfest lads. Yes. Yeah, I only watched a little bit of it up till half time and then checked the full time score and went there was still more goals scored. Yeah. Um, I only put it on at half time and I think it was four one by the time I put it on. Yeah, Perth absolutely going off. Uh, but also conceding, but when you score five, who cares? So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dangerous. Maybe maybe a little bit of a dark horse for the season, you never know. They've they've got a pretty dangerous squad and uh doing their quiet thing over there in Perth and they're playing one game, they've had uh, a bit more time to prepare than everyone else, um, and I'm I'm not sure what even their draw is at the moment. Whether it's when they when they next play, if they can play anyone else besides Adelaide, or <laughs> <laughs> do they just play Adelaide 26 times in a row? Or I'm, I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of funny actually because I think the last time those two sides met, Adelaide won that five three. So sort of tables have turned. How the turntables. Um, what else? That's about it for uh, other A-League things. Not it. a whole bunch going on at the moment. Um, so we'll dive right into uh, to your questions. Um, just a handful this week. Um, and thanks to everyone that's, um, that's sent, uh, sent through. Paul Hart on Twitter um, has asked, what is our most listened to episode? Good question. We actually had to go back through the uh, archives a little bit to, to look. Um, it, it was at one point the... One of the Charlesworth interviews we did was around the 1300, 1400 mark. Um, but it turns out it's the episode we did with Mike Phelan. Yes, which we think was probably pretty popular overseas, especially after Mike Phelan uh, tweeted <laughs> to his 250,000 yeah. followers. Made it on the pod. Yeah, that'll do it. That yeah. helped. So it had about 1,500, 1,600 listens all up, I think. But that's only on SoundCloud and doesn't include Spotify listens. So our assumption is that it's got a few more than that. Yeah, it'll have yeah a, a fair few on Spotify because I know I listen on Spotify. Um, I know, Moz, you listen on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, so a um, few different channels. We'll have to... Um, we'll take that on notice and uh, you've, you've, you. you've sort of encouraged us to get interested in uh, understanding this better, Paul. But um, also, Mike Phelan, of course, if you are listening and you do want to keep retweeting yeah. our episodes, um, <laughs> feel free, my friend. Feel free. Of course he's listening. Um, love what you're doing at United, buddy. Uh, keep it up. <coughs> oh, I've got to sit here as a bloody Chelsea fan and I don't even know who plays for us and these two are like Man U Liverpool going backwards I'm just going to say I doubt very much Paul appreciates your comments just leaving that out <laughs> that is true <laughs> <laughs> Paul might stop listening now sorry Paul still love you um, okay uh, Radar on Twitter um, surely Justin Nisbet is bolted on for the Socceroos now we did I guess kind of touch on this with Ruan earlier um, Niz is still only 21 and surely you'd think that He's putting himself in uh, in the frame for an Ollie Roos spot at least. 100% Ollie Roos. Definitely not Soccer Roos. Uh, Radar is just having a bit of fun there. But, um, <laughs> I mean, if if you're a 21-year-old midfielder dominating the A-League the first three games of the season and that form continues, why... I mean, to be, I, to be honest, who plays in the midfield for the Ollie Roos for us at the moment in that position? Because I don't follow the Oli Roos that closely, so I don't know. But surely he has to be—he has to have a look in if he's going to continue this 
for the first 10 or 15 games of the season. Um, yeah, yeah to sure. me, he's just like quietly knocking on the door there. He's got to at least be in the conversation. Yeah, but if he keeps knocking the way he's knocking, it's going to become bashing the mm. door down. And we've we've heard as well, obviously, that Graham Arnold, is obviously the Ollie Roos coach, is pretty close to Stadge. Yep. Uh, pretty close to the club as a whole still. Um, yep. I think Stadge probably leans on him for a little bit of guidance sort of here and there. Um, so you would have to think that that conversation mm. will happen at some point if his form continues between those two. Oh, I definitely think so, yeah. I think Arnie will be keeping a pretty close eye on him um, if he keeps going the way he's going. Um, of course, Danny De Silva as well, I think, would be in the frame if he keeps going the way he's going mm. um, with the Olympics next year this yeah. year what year is it isn't it supposed to be this year but i think it's supposed to be this year but i thought it was to supposed happen. to be last year now it's this year yeah yeah oh, who knows man covid i think it's still long odds to happen yeah Japan. Yeah. yeah and obviously Japan. bowman as well is dan bowman is another one yes who's been, been ever present he's the one that sort of kept De silver out yeah. maybe side. kai rolls yeah has that a bit of a look in he was part of the ollie Roos training camp earlier um or pre in the pre-season um because he's fine is justifying a little tap at the door as well. You at think the so? Yeah. Like yeah. it's a wider conversation, and I have no idea when Oli Roo's games are or training camps are or anything. But this could actually cause us a few issues at some point. Oh, oh when are the Olympics? Even I'm not even sure. But yeah, as you say, like with training camps and things like that, any, and friendlies, yeah, and yeah, we're not going to say no to these guys going to represent their country potentially. I am. So. No, sorry, Niz, you've got to say. Daniel Watson asks, uh, the team is playing much better this season. What has been the difference from last season to this season? Um, sorry, what I'm not sure if you meant this as a question for uh, for Ruan, but we'll, we'll have a crack at it. Um, what do you guys reckon? Well, I think Ruan touched on it. Definitely fitness has played a part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Stadge having a little bit of extra time to implement... Um, the way he wants to play and it's, it's not just about the way he wants to play it's also a mental thing for us which every coach that comes here notices it probably pretty quickly is the whole losing mentality that's been here for a long time um i think i think that is you know for lack of a better term maybe been whipped out of the the boys and it's it's a case of well you're here to play football you're here to win football games get that out of your head just touching on that as well i think there was some sports uh psychologists that were brought in in pre-season mm. which may have affected that um that mentality that you speak about there yeah I, I can't help thinking that um really there's a little element there of we have been doing this work on a shoestring for years and it, and it hasn't served us well None of the other clubs really have any experience working on a shoestring and especially for some of the bigger players, the way that their wages might have been cut and all of this sort of thing is going to have some impacts on these people and I just can't help thinking that we uh, have become this side who may be better at operating in the environment that the COVID situation sets us up in than some of these other teams uh, or at least until they start to get their heads around how to make that work for them mm-hmm. um, because we just look a bit more settled than some of the other teams. We look a bit more consistent already after three three games um so so yeah i I think it's probably a combination of a few things but but i think that's one i think that's that's a big thing as well i think i said that a couple of times in the pre-season that it was going to be a more sort of a more even league on the whole really with the uh salary cap reductions and and um all that sort of disruption really um 
I think another thing is is you know so many of our players are now into their I guess second year um, of A League football. So you see them grow. Players like Niz, players like Ruan, um, even though he has been around before that, he hasn't had consistent game time. Um, players like Kai Rolls, who had a pretty tired time before this. So we're seeing them sort of grow and have more of an impact on things, I think, this season, which has been pretty telling in results so far. Suggest that Stadge is doing some good things with those boys, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a... It's a Real, it's no one real thing. It's a combination of factors, in my opinion. Long may it continue. Yeah, let's get it. Um, and John Blackhawk. <sighs> oh, okay, okay. Let's let's tackle this one. Um, yeah, John, nah. <laughs> yeah, nah. We could leave it. Uh, no, look, I am. I, I'm going to fight <laughs> it. I'm going to. I'm going to talk about this. Um, I thought we looked jaded and lacking punch in the final third on Tuesday night. I don't want to see Matt Simon in a Mariner shirt again. He is a liability. The sooner we get a footballer in up front, the better. Now, does anyone else want to tackle this while I sort of simmer down? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I definitely see where John's coming from. I, I do tend to agree to a certain extent, but maybe not that far. Um, I think for the time being while we don't have anything better, Simon doing what Simon does is our best option. And it had an effect on Tuesday. It just didn't go our way. And I, 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 think, I think as a footballer, um, he doesn't add that much anymore. He can add, like, I'm speaking purely football. Mm. But on the pitch, in terms of... Passion. I hate using all those sorts of words, but <laughs> but that's what he does bring, and the rest of the boys need to feed off that, and I think they do. Um, but but footballing wise, I agree. I would I would much rather one of our foreigners probably come in and have that spot when they're ready. Hundred percent agree with that. Our, our issue, which which again was on Tuesday night, was we when we have the chances to score, we don't take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100% agree with that, that, that we want to get some quality up front where we can get our finishing. But, and I already touched on it a bit earlier, uh, earlier comments on here, but, but if you couldn't see the, the fact that for a large periods of the game, those guys in that back three couldn't make a ball out of the back three with any comfort because Maddie and Alou, who's probably following Maddie's footsteps a bit there, just never gave them any peace. If you don't understand the, the, the positive that that adds and it ain't passion, that's actually, you know, physical adding to the game, then you've missed the point. And add to that, I'd like to know how many clearances have been made from corners and uh, set pieces by Matty Simon and there were more on Tuesday night. Um, so the guy is working his absolute socks off. So do I like all of the, you know, edgy stuff? Do I want to see him go over the edge? No, I don't. In fact, I've probably whinged in the past about the referee incident that happened a couple of years ago. But let's you just whinged at him in person. Yeah, I did whinge <laughs> at him in person, and he was contrite. And that's and you know what? When a when a player accepts responsibility for his effort like that, and he did when I had that conversation with him, then I accept that. When that happened, I can tell you that his coach at the time, who I will name, Mike Mulvey, mm. didn't accept responsibility when I had the same shirt front conversation with him. He tried to tell me that I shouldn't be saying 
seen that kind of thing on social media. Well, rubbish. It's up to the coach. That, that was wrong back then. But it's a long time ago now. And if we can think that far back, then can we think back to the reason why Matty is a legend of the club? Because as Pete can say <laughs> a lot better than me, Pete? He is, of course, the Mariners' all-time leading goal scorer and six-time Golden Boot winner. The greatest goal scorer in Mariners' history. And that's not, going to, that's not a record that's going to be surpassed anytime soon. Mm. Um, he's a coastie. Um, so, yeah, it isn't all about the fact that sometimes he gets very close to that line and he was very close on Tuesday. I think, yeah, as, as you say, look, Luke, I definitely agree with parts of what you said there. Moz, I definitely agree with what you said 100%. He does still add um, to the side in, in terms of his absolute sheer pressure and, and um, harrying of opposition defenders. Um, I'd be terrified to play against him because you would not get a moment's peace at all. Um, he's not going to be the one that scores worldy goals. I think we said this the other week, um, but he's still has a job to do that can add to um, to the side, um, even if it's only for 10, 15 minutes at the end of a game. I think that's where we surely want to, you know, take Get this to. to. Yeah. We've got these three f- um, foreign imports coming in. They're going to hopefully add quality, that quality maybe you're talking about, Luke, and uh, I imagine that it'll be Matty Hill who'll be one of the key players who'll start to play that bit part role that he did play so well at Sydney. I think that's probably the, the end game here. Um, he did say in the in the press the other week, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger, he knows that. Um, he is coming to the end of his career, he knows that. Um, so I think we'll see, you know, him probably getting less minutes but still having that leadership role there. Um, I think we lost our way a bit when he went off on, on Tuesday. And that's, that's down to his leadership and leading from the front and leading by example. Anyway. Absolutely. I hope that's, <laughs> that's, that's probably that for... Oh, we're moving on from the leadership part as well, aren't we? We've brought in Kai Rolls to represent the future of leadership at the club, maybe. Mm. We've involved Ollie for the obvious reason. He's an absolute powerhouse for us at this moment Um, so we've sort of you know modified the dynamic there of who the leaders are in the group so it's not all Maddie Um, and you know I think that's enough yeah yeah you got Beerus in that leadership group as well Beerus and yeah as you say Ollie is the 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 on-field captain I think Simo's still the club captain Um, so he's still got that that captaincy and key leadership role there Um, he's got so much knowledge and experience to impart on such a young side um, so I think it's still pretty crucial to have him around. Alrighty, finally this evening, it is time to have a quick look at how the footy tips competition is going. The Coast Football Ramble Tipping Comp, of course. Um, and at the top of the table, it is... ESPN footy tips user. <laughs> He's got 10, 10 corrects from the first four rounds of tipping there. Um, please stop the herter uh, in second. I feel like please stop the herter is always around always the top there. there or thereabouts, yeah. aren't they? Do we know well who it is? I don't know, actually. If, if you are please stop the herter and you are listening, can you send us a DM? Yeah. So <laughs> I just want to know who it is. I'm wondering if that's... Uh, I shouldn't name names, actually. I'll take that offline. Um... I feel dirty for saying that. That's so corporate, isn't it? That Ugh. was very corporate of you. offline. Yeah. Mm, yes. Uh, Shall we circle back? <laughs> so put professional. A, let's put a pin in this and come back to it. And, uh, woof. The, <laughs> Luke just destroys his microphone <laughs> in anger. <laughs> <laughs> My flat fell off. Pop filters flying around everywhere. 
Uh, okay, we've uh, we've killed Luke's microphone. Anyway, um, of course, it's Big Will in third. Uh, no diggity, good friend of the show there in fourth, and Ready Steady Spoon in fifth. Looking forward to a name change from uh, from that person there. Uh, Rounding out the top ten is True Believer, SGM, last year's winner, uh, Ben Ten, and CC Mariners twenty seven. Um, oh, Reading at the top ten, of course, Aaron Mariner, our very own Aaron from the pod. Yes, and how amusing that I just told these boys that I had no idea whether I tipped any good or not, and they started out horrendously, <laughs> absolutely horrendously, but I've somehow managed to get out and up to tenth. So You've got five, five from six this week. That's, um, that's some pretty impressive tipping there, Moz. I discovered that just after I told you I was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like this name behind you. That's uh, Hello Goodbye in 11th, uh, equal on points, uh, followed by another, uh, I was going to say friend of the show, podcast, <laughs> podcaster, podcaster-y. Member. Um, Josh Howe in 12th. So we're so. all grouped there at 10, 11, 12, with the exception of someone's missing. Oh, well, there's Fred oh, in 19. <laughs> I am probably off the map. Uh, Boise doesn't did not you appear even on the register? first page. I maybe didn't register. Yeah, oh. it looks like you haven't registered. Um, How dare you! Let's have a quick look and see if we can find Jimmy. Um, I'm sure Jimmy registered, but it's not coming up here. But um, he might be ESPN default user. He might be ESPN forty tip user. Yes. Can I just say that ESPN default user has ESP with those tips? Because that is that is that is horrendous. Tip. That is, I know, but it's Get it's out. true. It's oh, true. No, <laughs> Look at those tips. Ten. That's not even funny. Three, three, <sighs> one, three. Crikey. Yeah, that's that's the worst pun that has ever been on this show. I've been on this show for long enough that that could not be the worst pun. That uh, definitely is. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I totally missed it. He's, he's, oh. I'm not repeating it. No, you'll have to listen back, Boise. <laughs> I'll talk to you about it later, Boise. Okay. Oh, <laughs> mate. <sighs> you know what? Let's leave it there. Let's wrap it and pack it and get out of here. Huh? We're falling reckon? apart. My <laughs> microphone stuffed. Going stir crazy and Morrow's making some of the worst puns ever known to man. Again. <laughs> he's back. I'm back. It is good to have you back. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Thank you all so much once again for tuning in to this week's Ramble. Of course, Sydney away today by the time this one drops, so make sure you're getting around the boys. And if you're not down there, tune in, Fox 505. Um, if you are down there, we'll see you there. Yeah, come and say good day. Sydney away, let's do it. Sydney away, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's it from us. Um, we'll see you all next time. Love you. See you. Bye. Love yous. For our next game, um, in that's going in the outtakes. Yeah, that's there's the outro. Um, all right, how now, brown cow? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck knows how, really.
The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Um, okay. 